Shalom to all. Today's daf is Psachim Daf Gimel. We are starting Bezon and Bezon on the bottom, the third to last word on the daf. Today's daf is sponsored Le'ilu Nishmas, Mrs. Francis Zwicka, Maris Freda Miriam, Basilazar Benish, her Neshama should have an Aliyah, and she should be a Melitzyasha for her family and all of Kla Yisrael. Now our Mishnah had used the word R to describe when Bedikas Chames has to be done. Rav Huna had stated that the definition of R means Naghi, light. Our assumption is that Rav Huna holds that Bedikas Chames has to be done in the morning and not at night. We've already brought two brasses proving that the noun R means night and not daytime. And the Gemara says, Mesim Marzutra, he asked the following question. Now, Mida Raisa, a woman's Tomantara status, post-birth is different than usual. The following applies whether it was a live birth or loyalenu, a miscarriage. After birth of a boy, she's tummy for seven days, goes to the mikvah, and is tar for another 33 days, no matter if she sees dam or not, and this is a total of 40 days. After a girl, she's tummy for 14 days, goes to the mikvah, and is tar for another 66 days. Again, it doesn't make a difference if she sees dam then, and this is a total of 80 days. After this, she reverts back to the status of a regular woman, and if she sees dam, she's going to be tummy. Now, this time period is referred to as Milais. The Pasuk says, An Milais, you made Tahara until she completes or until she fills all of her days of Tahara. Now, after she completes Milais, she has to bring a carbon. Now, if she had gotten pregnant and miscarried within Milais, she only brings one carbon. However, if she miscarried after Milais, she would need to bring another carbon. Gimelamadalf on the top. The Gemara says, Hamapelis or Lishmain of Echad. If she miscarried R of 81, Beshami Patimi Karban, Ubeshil Machaivin. Beshami says she does not need to bring another carbon, whereas Beshil says she does. Amrlahan Beshil Beshamai. Beshil told Beshamai, Maishna or Shmain of Echad, Miyam Shmain of Echad. What's the difference between R Shmain of Echad and Yam Shmain of Echad? During the day, if she saw Dam or if she miscarried, she would be Tame or she would have to bring another carbon. So what's the difference when it's R? Im Shivya Loyla Tuma, Loyishvila Karban. If we equated her for Toma, so we should equate her for a carbon also. And now the Gemara zones in. From the fact what's the difference? And the day of Obviously, we see from here that or means the nighttime. This is our third valid proof. Now the Gemara asked another question of Huna. And this is going to be talking about a carbon shlamim that's allowed to be eaten for two days, and whatever's left over has to be burned on the third day. What's the question? The Brasa says, You might think that we should be allowed to eat a carbon shlamim even. R of the third day. Vidinhu, and really in truth we should be able to, because Zvachim, other carbonas, such as a carbon taida or pesach, nechalm liyay mechad, they're only eaten for one day. Ushlam nechalm mushnayamim, and Ushlam is eaten for two days. Malalon laila achar Just like over there, by a carbon taida or pesach, the night comes after the day, meaning you shecht it during the day, you could eat it during the day, let's say by a carbon taida, and then you also eat it that next night, taida and pesach, afkan. So to hear by Shlamim, laila achar the night should follow the day, so you should be allowed to eat it for two days and then two nights. Tamalaymer, that's why the Pasuk says, you eat it the day that you shechted it in the next day, and anything that's left over until the day. While it's still day, you're allowed to eat it. You're not allowed to eat it or shlishi, so maybe you should think that you should burn it right away, meaning at the nighttime. And Vidinhu, it makes sense to say that. Other karbanos are eaten during that day and one night. And Ushlamim is also eaten only for two days and one night. Just like the other karbanos, right after you finish eating it, you have to burn it. You could eat it the entire night, but right away in the morning, you have to burn it. So to here with Ushlamim, right after you finish eating it, during the day, the second day that is, Shreifa, you should burn it right away, meaning in the nighttime. That's why we have the Pasuk that says, Anything that's left over from the karban on the third day, you should burn it. But Yemata Sarif, Vieta Sarif Balaila, you burn it during the day, but not at night. Now Midika Amar Yehinachal Orl Shlishi, from the fact that this whole discussion is talking about eating it 
or Lishlishi, Alma or Urtahu. Obviously, or is nighttime because we're discussing a difference between the night of the third day and the day of the third day. Shmaminal is our fourth proof that or means nighttime. Tashma, we have another proof. Or Shal Kippurim, or of Yom Kippur, which right now we're going to translate as the nighttime of Yom Kippur. Mispal Sheva, Hidavin, seven brachas. Shman Esrei, seven brachas. It's the first three and last three that we have in every Shman Esrei. And the middle section of Shman Esrei is just one bracha. Mesvada, and he does vidui. Shachris, Shachris of Yom Kippur, Mispal Sheva, Mesvada. He does the same seven brachas, and he does vidui. But Mosaf, Mispal Sheva, Mesvada. Again, another seven brachas, and he does vidui. But Mincha, Mispal Sheva, Mesvada. Hidavin, seven, and he does vidui. And Ba'arvis, at nighttime, meaning Matzah Yom Kippur, Mispal Me'en Shman Aser, he davens a shortened, abridged version of Shemayin Esrei, which is called Havinenu, because we don't want people to wait to break their fast. So therefore, according to this man, the Amar, we daven a shortened version of Shemayin Esrei, Matzayim Kippur. He says, He davens a full 18 brachas of Shemayin Esrei, it's because he has to say, which is But what do we see from here? Alma or Urtuhu. Obviously, R is the nighttime, because we start out this brisa, or Shal Yom HaKippurim. Obviously, talking about Yom Kippur night. Shemayin that is our fifth proof that the word R means nighttime. Tashma, we have another ride. The Tani Bei Shmuel, it was Tani Bei Smerish of Shmuel. Lele Arba Asar, Baitin Asa Chametz L'Ar Ner. The night of the 14th, we search for Chametz by the light of a candle. Alma or Urtuhu, we see that R means nighttime because this Bresus says very clearly, Lele Arba Asar, the night of the 14th. So obviously, our Mishnah, when it says R, it's talking about the nighttime. But now the Gemara says, El Ben Rav Huna Ben Rav Yehuda Dukuliyama R Urtuhu. Everyone agrees that R means nighttime. Veloy Pligi, and they're not arguing. Marki Asri, Marki Asri. They both just defined R by how they used to do it in their cities, in their place. Basi to Rav Huna, in the place of Rav Huna, Karunagi, they called nighttime Nagi, which means light. Basi to Rav Yehuda, in the place of Rav Yehuda, Karulayli, they called it nighttime. So we had assumed that when Rav Huna had said Nagi, that it means light, that he's referring to the day. But that's wrong. He was really talking about the nighttime. It's just that in his place, they called the nighttime Nagi, which means light. So the Gemara asked Tani Didan, our time and my time like Tani Lele. So why didn't he use the word night? The Gemara says in the Lishnah of Ayu who did not get, he used a nice fine lashon. Look at Rabbi Shuban Levi. The Rabbi Shuban Levi he says a person should not let something coarse or crude come out of his mouth. The pasuk deviated eight letters and it didn't allow something coarse or crude to be written. Shemar says in the pasuk from the animals that are tahar, or from the animals that are not tahar. It could have just but instead of saying that, it said and that's a deviation of eight letters. Rav Papa Amar Tisha, there's actually a deviation of nine letters in order not to say something coarse or crude. Shenemar says in the Pasuk, if there's a man who's not tahar from something that happened at night, talking about a seminal omission. And that's a deviation of nine letters because it could have just said that he was Tame. Ravin Amar, he says, Eser, it's really a deviation of ten letters because Vav de Tahar, the word Tahar is spelled with a Vav, so it's actually ten letters. Rav Yaakov Amar, he says, there's sixteen letters. Shenemar, it says in the Pasuk, talking about Yonasan excusing David's absence after Shchodes Sudav Shol HaMelech, Ki Amar, Mikrehu, it was a Mikre, Bilti Taharhu, he's not Tahar, Kilar Tahar, because he hasn't been Matar himself. And he could have just said, Mikre Tamehu. So we see that the Pasuk deviated 16 letters in order not to say something crude. And Tanit Bey Rabbi Shmuel, a person should always speak with a clean Lashen, a refined Lashen, meaning it's not enough not just to speak in a coarse language, you should also speak very refined. Shahare Bezav, Kuro Merkav, and regarding Azav, it calls it Merkav riding, Ubi Isha Kuro Moshav, the Pasuk says, Moshav sitting. Now both Azav and Zava have the same dinam of Tumah, 
in regards to sitting or leaning on something. However, the Torah refers to the man as riding on something, whereas the woman is referred to as sitting on it. Now, this is very delicately nuanced because a modest, refined woman doesn't ride split-legged. She rides with both feet hanging off the side. And saying that a woman is being reichav, a horse, describes perhaps not the most refined of images. Ve'aymer, and we have another Pasuk that says, Vatifchar l'shena rumem, you should choose the language of the wise. Ve'aymer, another Pasuk says, Vidasafasai baru milelu, my lips express refined knowledge. Now the Gemara asks, my Ve'aymer, why do we need another Pasuk? It's pretty clear from all these previous rise that you should speak in a very refined manner. So the Gemara answers, Ve'chitema, if you're going to suggest from all the previous proofs, Hanimilimidairaisa, that you only have to speak refined when we're discussing a Dairaisa, meaning when the Torah is writing something, so of course the Torah has to speak in a refined way. But when the Chachamim are writing a Mishnah, or they're speaking Lai, so they don't have to speak in a refined manner, Tashma, that's why we have this other Pasuk, and this Pasuk is talking about that even wise people use refined language. If you're going to suggest that we extend the necessity of speaking in a refined manner, even towards the Rabbanon, obviously the Torah has to be written in a refined manner, but also the teachings of the Chachamim, when the Rabbanon speak, that also has to be in a refined manner. But when people are just chit-chatting about this and that, perhaps you do not have to speak in such a manner. That's why we have this other Pasuk, that my lips express refined knowledge that any time your lips are expressing something, it should be refined language, it should be clean, and it shouldn't have any coarse and crude language involved. Now the Gemara asks on a proof from Zav and Zava, it never says that a woman is riding on a horse. Look, it says in the Pasuk, Rivka and her maidservants got up, and they rode on the camels. The Gemara answers, no. Since they were afraid of the camels, camels are very tall, and so it's scary to ride with both legs facing off one side, so therefore it's normal for a woman to ride a camel with one leg on this side and one leg on the other side, and therefore it's not inappropriate to say that. As the Gemara Vaksiv, it says in the Pesach, Maisha took his wife and kids, and he placed them on the chamor, they were riding the chamor like normal. The Gemara answers again that that's different. Since his children were riding on it, and his children were males, so they were riding normally, his wife was riding like she should, with both feet on the same side, and the reason why it says that all of them were riding Riding on the donkey is because he was talking about his kids and not his wife. The Gemara continues to ask Vaksiv, it says in the Pasuk, talking about Avigail riding to meet David in order to beg him not to punish her husband, Naval, the Hira Chemes al Khamar. She was riding on the donkey. The Gemara answers, Hasamishun Biasusa Delilah Orchahu, since she was afraid it was the nighttime and she wanted to ensure that she was on the donkey properly, so it's a normal way to ride and there's nothing unrefined about it. Vibay Sema alternatively, Mishun Biasusa Delilah Leka, there's no fear of riding at night. Mishun Biasusa to David Ika, but she is afraid of going to meet David Amalek, therefore she wanted to make sure that she was solid on the donkey and that she wouldn't fall off out of her fear of David. She wasn't afraid of David either. She was afraid of the mountain. She was going down a mountain. She didn't want to fall off the donkey. So therefore, she rode in this fashion. Now the Gemara asks on one of our previous proofs, It doesn't say the word Tameh in the entirety of the Torah? Of course it does. So we answer, If we have two expressions, one of them being clean and one of them being not so clean, and they're exactly the same length, so then we use the clean and refined language. However, any time the clean expression is going to be much longer, then we just use the short version, which is less refined. Like he said, Some say said the name of Meir. A person should always try to teach his Talmud in the shortest fashion possible. 
because the longer you teach, the more confusing it can be. So therefore, we always want to try to pick the shortest expression so as not to confuse people. The Gemara continues to ask, Really? Every single time? It's the exact same length? We're going to speak in the more respectful fashion? This Pasuk from Ravi Gail, up above on the top of the Ahmed, says the word Reicheves, but the word Yeshevis could have been used, and that's the same exact amount of letters. It's five letters. But the Pasuk says Recheves, she was writing. So the Gemara says Rakheves Ksiv. It says in the Pasuk Rakheves without that Vav, it's read Recheves, we just take out the Vav, therefore the Lashon of Recheves was used and not Yesheves, because Yesheves was a little bit longer. And now we have a number of stories about the importance of using refined language. There were two Talmidin that were sitting in front of Rav. One of them said, This learning that we did today made us like Kedavar Acher Misankan, a tired Davar Acher. Now Davar Acher is a euphemism for a pig. So even though he used a euphemism, nonetheless, that wasn't the nicest way to say it. V'chad Amr, the other Talmud said, Shavisin and Haishmaitza, this learning today that we did made us kigdimisankan, like a tired goat. And Rav did not speak to the first Talmud because he didn't speak in the most refined way. And another story, there was two Talmudim singing in front of Hill, V'chad Minayu, Rabbi Yechim and Zakai, one of them was Rabbi Yechim and Zakai. Ramila, some say, Kamede Rebbe, they were singing in front of Rebbe, V'chad Minayu, Rabbi Yechim, one of them was Rabbi Yechim. Chad Amr, one of these Talmudim said, why is it that we have to harvest grapes? That's baitzer, that's the harvest of grapes. Why do we have to do so, bitahara? But when we harvest olives, that's masika, we don't have to do so, bitahara. Fakhadamar, one of them said, why is it that we harvest grapes, bitahara? And we're allowed to harvest olives, bitoma. Amar, so the Rebbe said, whomever the Rebbe was, Hillel or Rebbe, I'm confident that the one that used a more refined language, that he's going to end up being a great Pisic in Kla Yisrael, and it was only a few days until he actually did Paskin in Kla Yisrael. And another story, there were three Kahanim that were sitting and talking about the Lechem upon which they received. One of them said to his friends, I got the size of a bean. Another one said, I got the man of a Zayis. One of them said, I got the amount of a lizard's tail. Not exactly the most refined way to speak. They looked into his lineage. They checked into his yichos, and they found a flaw of sorts. It turned out that he was a chalal and he wasn't really a kasher kain. The Gemara asked, We have a brysa. We're not allowed to check from his and upwards. Meaning, if a kain is already serving the base of Mekdash, we're not allowed to look into his lineage. So the Gemara says, You're right. We didn't necessarily look into his lineage. Don't say that we found a flaw in his lineage, that he was a chalal. It turns out they had a bit of haughtiness to him. We were just asking about this Kayin, like who is this person? And it turns out that once he was very haughty and he showed disrespect for the Kahuna, and therefore he lost his status as a Kayin. Alternatively, we did look into his lineage. Shani Hasim, that case was different. He made a reis on himself. Since he said something, they made us say, perhaps this fellow is not a Kayin. That's why we're allowed to look into his lineage. But a standard Kayin, you're not allowed to look into his Yichos. Now we go slightly off topic with a related story. Hahu Arama, there was an Aramean, meaning he wasn't Jewish. He used to go and eat the Karm Pesach in Yerushalayim. We know that a non-Jew is not allowed to eat Karm Pesach. However, they didn't know that he wasn't Jewish. Omar, one day he said to Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra, it says in the Pesach, a stranger is not allowed to eat it, someone who's an Arl, who's uncircumcised, is not allowed to eat the Karm Pesach. I eat the best of the best of the Karm Pesach. He was trying to rub in Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra's face that he gets to eat the Karm Pesach and no one knows. He told this fellow, Do they give you from the tail of the Karm Pesach? 
Amrle said, Loi, they never gave me that. So Kisakas Lahasam, when you go there, says Rabbi Hudim Masera, Aimla who you should tell them, Safulima Alya, that you should give me from the tale of the Karm Pesach. Kisalak, so when he was Euler Regal and he went for the next Pesach, and for whatever reason Rabbi Hudim Masera wasn't there, Amrlahu, this non Jew, told his friends, whom he was part of their Khabura, Ma'alya Safuli. Give me from the Aliyah from the tail. Amrulay, they sent him. The tail has to be burned. It's given It's given to Hashem. We can't give it to you. Amrulay, so they asked him, Man Who told you to say this to us? Who told you to ask us to get this for you? Amrulay, he said, He was the one who instructed me to ask for it. Amru, they said to themselves, My had to come on. Who's this person in front of us? Badku Basre. They checked after him. They looked. And they found Aramahu that he was a Nanju. The Katlu and they killed him. And Shalchulay, the Rabbi Hudim Basera. They sent a message to Rabbi Hudim Basera. Shalom Lachar, Rabbi Hudim Basera. Peace unto you. The Atben Etzivin. You're all the way in Etzivin. Mutsudasach Pusab Yushalayim. And your net is spread all the way to Yushalayim. And now another story about how to speak in the proper manner. Rav Kahana Chalash, Rav Kahana Gatsek, Shadura Banal Rabbi Shua Braid Rav Idi, they sent Rabbi Shua Braid Rav Idi, Amrulay, they said to him, Zilbudaik Maidine, go find out what's with Rav Kahana. Asa he came, Ashri Dinoch Nafshe, he found that Rav Kahana had passed away already. Karl Levushe, he tore his garments, Vahaja the Karl Achari, but he turned the rib backwards, so when he got back, the Rabbana wouldn't be in shock that Rav Kahana had died. Ubachi Vasi, but he was crying and going. Amrulay, they said to him, Noch Nafshe, did Rav Kahana pass away? Is that the reason why you're crying? Amrulay, he said to them, I didn't say it. You inferred from my crying that he died, but I never said that he died. Now, why is that important? The Pasuk says, someone that expresses bad tidings, he's a fool. So therefore, you shouldn't even be the one to express some bad news. Went to the outlying areas of the city to go figure out how the crops were doing. He also, when he came back, Amrulay, they asked him, Did the wheat crop turn out good? Amrulay, told him, The barley turned out good. He didn't want to tell them that the wheat crop didn't turn out good. Again, that's considered bad tidings. Amrulay, they said to him, and they were upset at him, Why don't you go tell that to the horses and to the donkeys? It says in the Pasuk, The barley and the straw, That's for horses and rechesh, which which are the fast horses, so why are you telling us about barley? Barley is animal food. But now the Gemara asks, My Havalilamemer, what did you want him to say? You don't want him to be the bearer of bad tidings, so therefore he spoke positively about a different crop. So the Gemara answers, he should have said the following Ishtaked, last year, Nasuchitin Yafais, the wheat crop was very good, implying that this year, the wheat crop is not so good. Inami, or he could have said, Adashim Nasu Yafais, that the lentils turned out really good, because lentils people eat, but barley people don't eat. What well, we see from all these stories that a person should always try to speak in a very fine manner, not put any core or crude language, and we should all be zeichet to do that today and forever. Everyone should have a wonderful day.